The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Welcome to Williams and Bloom Wednesday here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Of course, we are also live on Wednesdays on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. I think that's it. The Instagram doesn't let us go. They don't do the live. We, We don't do the TikTok. Are you a TikTok guy? Occasionally. Depends how bored I am. Yeah, I don't do the TikTok. My, it's too much for me. My TikTok is basically curated into golf videos. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Welcome to the program. We are, of course, presented by our friends at MechDyne and the MechDyne Corporation. We are in the crossover season where there's so much to get to. Where do you start? Well, I think we, we still start with football. Okay. The fellas on Let Them Cook did a really nice, comprehensive recap of that basketball game. We'll get to that, of course. The men play Lindenwood. Name the mascot. Lions. The Lindenwood Lions coming up on Thursday night and then game on Sunday. Women get Drake next on Sunday. But I want to get to this big football game at BYU. Really do what we normally do here on Wednesdays. And, of course, we'll we'll do some basketball as well. But, again, uh, thank you to our presenting sponsor, Mechdyne. We are in the Wild Rose Casino Studios and presented as always by our friends at Cody Road and the Mississippi River Distilling Company. The um, this BYU team, Bloom, did a deep dive. Yeah, been deep diving all morning. Really, really, really struggling right now. However, however, pretty good team at home. Really good. Really good team at like, home. Historically, they're, yeah, they're four and one great. at home this year. So that's a big deal. And they have lost three night games at home since 99. Wow. So so the deck is stacked against Iowa State I mean, in that sense. Now, they've been really good for a while. Really good. Yeah. And then they start, their schedule has never hasn't been the best. They've mm-hmm. always been independent, and so they, they're not playing Big 12 teams every home game. But that's still pretty impressive. And there, it's a full stadium. And that's going to be the second largest stadium in the Big 12. Once Texas and know you leave, they get fired up at night. Is that behind Iowa State? Yeah. So I thought. Yep. And uh, they, they care. So what do you mean they a, get fired up at night? What do they do? Well, they're just a, it's a passionate fan base. I don't know. Just like any other. Just like Trice is better at night than during the day. But I think they don't it, drink. I'm sure they have ways to get excited. Yeah. Just really curious. I do think there's going to be a lot of Iowa State fans there for that, not because the drinking thing, clearly, but just because they haven't been to. If you took a case of beer to tailgate there, can you? I don't know. I'm I'm not judging. I'm fascinated by it. I do believe there are areas in Provo that that are establishments you can drink at. I don't think you could bring a case of beer. Now you're going to get arrested. I'm not sure. Who arrests you? Is it a local provision? I'm not sure. Somebody let us know in the comments. I would love to know more about this Provo thing. Get used to it. Going to go there uh, quite a bit. We're going to go next time. We're going next time. So, okay. I'm just going to give you the rundown. Yeah. Everything I've got here on BYU. I think the most important thing is they have been really bad the last two weeks. Really bad. They have been. Really injury plagued. Yes. A couple wide receivers have been out. They've been dinged up on the defensive line. Their offensive line... Got called out by their head coach this week, Kalani Sataki, basically saying, quit talking about quarterback. They got more than just quarterback issues. Well, and to be honest, if you 
you know, if you do a bunch of reading on BYU, I don't necessarily know that Slovis is their number one guy anymore. I don't yeah, think, I don't think they the quarterback know. matters actually that much. This other guy's okay. This Retzloff? Yeah. Retzloff is his name. He was an old Juco star, like put up a ton of stats in, in Juco and threw 42 passes against West Virginia. Granted, they only scored 13 points, obviously getting blown out, but I was actually listening to some BYU talk today and like they all, their interpretation of whatever happened in that game, and I, I did watch it some, was that he was actually pretty good in his debut. That's what they thought. They just couldn't run the ball. So again. Sataki this week says that, well, even if Slovis, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, yep. but even if he can play, there's no guarantee that he's going to be the quarterback is what he was saying. I, that's how I interpreted it too. I think you can almost guarantee it's going to be the, the Retzloth guy. Um, and then you hope they, their hope is they've been on the road for two weeks. They come back home where they've been good and he'll have some juice there. And, but for them, it's, it's for Iowa state defensively. It's a lot like last week is I, I think Iowa state should be able to contain the run. And this is a, this is an offensive line for BYU that has really struggled in conference play. See up there. They have gained, let me do the math here, boo, 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 about three yards a carry in conference play. That is not good. Not good at all. So you, you'd like to think Iowa State's going to be able to stop them. BYU has not had, they've only had one game in the Big 12 with more than 300 yards of total offense. That was at Kansas. They've been under 300 the last six. Mm-hmm. This is just not a great offense right now. And uh, with Iowa State's defense, the linebackers are getting much better. I, I, I think Cooper's probably back. We'll see. Um, deal with that situation. But well, that Matt I, Campbell's a... It's hard to tell. Yeah, I, I just... Sly, he's sly like a fox when it comes to the injuries, boy. It, it is. It's this, this has a feel to me, C-Dub, a lot like going into the Bigler game. Um, if Iowa State can cannot just... Iowa State didn't play great, still won the game. But I, I think, you know, if you take care of business, you're able to move them a little bit. All, and BYU's defense has been okay. Uh, they were brutal last week, though. Just complete like they gave up last week. I don't know what happened. So kind of curious to see what kind of BYU team you get. But I, I think, you know, analytically, you match up these two teams. Iowa State is clearly the better team. But you throw in emotions and altitude. long road trip altitude, and it, it could, could throw a big question mark. Again, they've lost three night games in 25 years. So there, there's some sort of secret sauce there that, yeah, it, it's put it all together. But they haven't been this poor in a while. So that that you got to you. I look at you can't look at 25 years ago with this current iteration of BYU. Yeah, I mean that was just, like the they were good back then, and they were the first one to really throw the foot forward right. pass yeah. in tied, college football. Tied debt. So speaking of that, here's your matchup when it comes to Iowa State. So BYU only runs the ball 43% of the time. Interesting. Yeah. They're, they're That's the 119th lowest wow. in college football. The last two games, only 95 rushing yards against Texas, 67 against West Virginia, where they threw it 42 times. And I, and I guess my point is, if you watch the Iowa State-Kansas game, a little terrifying. Yeah. Iowa State wasn't exactly great against the pass. Nope. Didn't get much pressure. And they didn't get much pressure at all. Good thing is, struggling offensive line in BYU. Sataki was even talking about redshirt guys playing. 
because they're so banged they're, up. Well, and they're they're, they're up that four game. Correct. He was even talking about that a little bit. So I I do wonder if this will be a bit of a curveball type game where Iowa State's going to see some guys who they don't have any preparation for. Quite quite potentially, and it feels you, like that when you've lost two straight games by thirty points, you're looking for you're looking for any answers. I, yeah, you're going to see some new faces. And you look at the game they've won in this stretch, C-Dub, it was against Texas Tech at home, and Tech had five turnovers. Like that, again, not to oversimplify the game, but you just, you can't do that. Like Rocco has to, Rocco has to play well. I think Iowa State will run it okay. I think, again, it's an interesting philosophy of what Iowa State wants to do here. We talked about it on Sunday. Uh, You let Rocco cook in the first quarter? I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess Iowa State's a lot more aggressive in the first quarter because what you don't want out there, you get into you get behind 7, 10 points at altitude at night. It could get weird. Yeah. If Iowa State can get the lead, you, you think BYU might be a team that's really going through it right now. Maybe you can bury them and, and, and not make it a game in the second half. A couple of notes here. Uh, Nico is watching us on YouTube. Nico, we, we really appreciate this. From the BYU security page, quote, no alcohol, tobacco, or legal substances are allowed in the tailgate lot or on campus. But what are they going to do? Damn you to hell. Is it the police? He also says that they are very strict about the type of tailgating you do. Uh, Only propane and wood pellet grills are allowed. No charcoal or wood fire grills. Is it, is it, I think that's a safety thing. I don't think that's a. They're anti. I don't, Mormons yeah, I don't, are not anti charcoal. Anti charcoal. No, I don't think that's a thing. Interesting. Yeah. Thank you, Nico. Uh, give a quick shout out to our friends at Gravitate Coworking. Check them out at gravitatecoworking.com. I saw Jeff Wood last night. Did you? Yeah. Was he at your uh, West O? He thing? was at the West O function. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, Gravitate Coworking. Get out of your basement. Go and uh, work around other human beings. That's my message for you today. This isn't COVID anymore. Get out. Enjoy. Be around other people. GravitateCoworking.com. How's that for a read? Live your life. Live your life. So talk about Iowa State's the way to attack this game. I don't think it's as simple as you can look at BYU's poor defensive line and say, and get complacent again and go, oh, we can run the ball on these guys. Mm-mm. One thing, if you watch that game, Brent, West Virginia had a ton of success in the short passing game. Interesting. So I, I'm Iowa State offensive coaches aren't dumb. I think they're going to watch that and, and see that opening as well. Their corners also really struggled against West Virginia's wide receivers. This feels like a big bounce back game for Jaden Higgins. Yeah, I was going to say. He was basically taken out of the game by Kobe Bryant last week, which last Wednesday we feared could potentially happen. BYU doesn't have a guy like that. I do think if they come out aggressive, like we're talking about, they're going to be able to run for 150 yards on this. Yes. But I don't think you can just go out there and just expect it to happen either. Yep. Uh, We learned that last week. I think, I think that's one of my takeaways for, and it's, it's not, it's not this damning thing on Iowa State. It's just you. the season evolves. You learn who you are and who you're not, and I, they're not a hat-on-hat offensive line. Yeah, it, and it, it, just look at tempo here. 
And BYU is very mid-pack for tempo, where Kansas really wanted to slow the game down. Yeah. You know, Kansas wants that game in that, you know, upper 50s, lower 60s and plays. And you look at BYU, uh, West Virginia gets 76 plays off on them last week. They've given them 80, 86, 84. So uh, this is not a team, because they throw it so much, you're going to have the opportunity to have the ball quite a bit. I actually think the total for this game is super interesting. Oh, it's you got to play the over. I think right? so. Forty-one and a half. Really I was shocked. Low. That's yeah. what I wrote down yeah. right here. Yeah. Convinced me that that's well, not. A... I mean, it, it's because Iowa State, if it does what it wants to do, it gets up ten nothing, fourteen nothing, and then you just sleeper hold them in the second half, uh, like the Baylor game. But BYU is going to try and throw the ball. I just don't see. I do not see a world where they can run it right at Iowa State. And, and Iowa State's going to try and prevent that, make the new guy beat him. So, yeah, if you're Iowa State, listen to Matt last night, and he, he, he pointed out a couple times how well Eli Sanders played against Kansas and how much, how good they ran the ball in the second half. They which did. Is, which was, he's right. Yes. Like, I think that gets lost in how... It was very average in the first half. Well, the problem was... The second half was, was much better. When you're down three scores, nobody wants to see you running the ball. That's That's fact. So I, I don't think you're going to see Iowa State just go complete slinging it all over the place. But I, I am willing to bet on this podcast here on Wednesday afternoon, the first two drives for Iowa State, you're going to see Rocco throwing it around. I, I just think they have to get a lead on these guys. And yeah, you're, gonna, you're always going to run it. Obviously, it's going to be a 50-50 team no matter what. But I, I think you're going to see Iowa State be much more aggressive. And then the run will come in after the fact. Hopeful, too, that Rocco... Probably played his worst game against Baylor. Yes. I thought I think that's fair. And then he had a rough first half yes. against Kansas, but then he was lights out was in the like second half. 15 to 16, or I mean, it was something it was like, like 11 for 12, 11 for 12 in okay. the second half. And that, I want to say it's his best half of football, but it's it's definitely up there. And I'm, I'm hoping maybe that, you know, because they were in such a good groove for the bye week. And it was great that you could win at Baylor by double digits by not playing your best game. That's what you want out yes. of a good team. But I'm hopeful. That's that, an interesting point. Yeah. I'm hopeful they found that groove again. Because you had you had a week off. And yeah. It took, two, it took, what, three weeks to get up to speed to begin with during the season. That's my optimistic view of this. I like that. And uh, you're, you're gonna, Higgins is going to have a chance. Uh, Bramer is going to have a chance against these guys. And, you know, one guy we didn't bring up, I thought played really well, kind of out of nowhere, was Demetri Stanley. He did, yeah. It's nice to see him. And Rob Gray and I were noting every time he caught the ball because it's like, oh, there's Demetri. Where did he go? Yeah. yeah. But when he gets it, you're like, oh, that guy's kind of dangerous. He, he And then Jalen, I, I hope for his, I hope Noel has a, has a big game, you know, almost as a F you to that field judge last week. No apology letter. No apology letter. Thanks. I a gave lot. some insight on our premium board Saw as that. to how and why that whole thing went down the way that it did. And I mean, essentially, Brent, from what I was told, the director of officials, like there was nothing controversial yeah, was nothing. about the no, play. No, the guy missed it. He just missed the call. Yeah. So you it can't wasn't. come out and like the only way that anything would have happened if that guy would have been like, hey, I totally botch this call but it wasn't like oh they got the ruling wrong. right it wasn't an interpretation of a rule it was correct just the guy missed it 
So that's like oh, when when the Dejean thing happened, the Big Ten had to like respond to it because there was all this question like, is that the right call? He didn't step out of bounds, but if the director of official comes out and says that, then it, he's kind of just undermining his guy. Yeah, and that was the problem with it because it's like, don't blow your damn whistle, don't assume that he stepped out. So, anyways, I mean, it was a, it wasn't an apology letter. It was a, yeah, we screwed that one up, but. That's football type of answer. All right. Uh, I talked. By the way, you you won't get that same crew Saturday. I would hope not. Orlovsky's on the call. I saw that. I like Orlovsky. I like Dave Fleming. I I think it's a really really good good group. Great crew. 915 kick. I'd love to know what you guys are going to do. Put it in the comments here. The, uh, yeah, yeah, Winston, I'm pretty sure. Winston wants to know, does BYU have a rule that players can't have sex? I think so. Well, that became a thing. What was that, 10 yeah. years ago with that basketball player? Yeah, they got kicked off the team. It was like the a team. really... Right before he came. They came to Ames. I like these BYU folks. They're the, they hate Utah. I feel like I have a lot in common with these people. I could live in Provo. I think I could pull that off. Um I'm going to keep my mouth shut on that one. We'll get to the Wiffles Hybrids Big 12 segment here momentarily. I want to get our overall predictions on this, but first, thank my buddy Jeff Kelderman from Kelderman Manufacturing. We're uh, talking about the laser cutting now. So here's what Kelderman does. You know them signs he makes? Oh, yeah. So he he cuts a flat plate on one machine, and then he has another machine, machine that can cut round and square tubing. Okay. And then they can bend these parts and laser cut it out. And that's how they make those signs, those sweet yard signs. Crazy. There's what, farmers what, out there listening. They're like, oh. What else ooh. can you laser cut? Oh, like equipment. Uh, you know, there's, yeah, all right. you ever heard of welding? I mean, the, you I know, there's a lot of, of welding. yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Kelderman Manufacturing down there in Oskaloosa, Kelderman.com. Check them out for more information. Okay. The, the 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 football and analytics say to pick Iowa State to win this game. Yes. The thing steaming over a touchdown, I'm not giving you guys gambling advice. I've long had a saying, where do Midwest teams go to die? I know. And that's out West. This game, I, I've watched BYU twice now. They're not very good right now. They were a lot better when they went on the road and beat Arkansas. They were healthy then. Looked good against They Cincinnati. don't look very good right now. I, I'm with you. But I also think we would be foolish to be overconfident going into this oh, game. Oh, no. Yeah, you can't. Because of the altitude mm-hmm. and the traveling west aspect of it. And one more thing. Both these teams in a similar situation where they're going to be underdogs their next two games as well. Oklahoma comes to town, and then they have to go to Oklahoma State. Iowa State looking at that Texas game plus a road trip to Kansas State. So, like, if if you're both of these teams and you want to get to six, this is your yeah, best well, opportunity. That's the thing. is like BYU has been bad. And then you look at the record and go, oh, my gosh, they're five and four, just like Iowa State. Well, they got that Arkansas win yeah, that they kind of win. pulled out of their hats. So they're, they're trying to get bowl eligible, clearly. And then it gets hard for them, too. I, yeah, this is not... Man, I'm not confident at all. Now, if these teams played on paper, it's I would be. But you just... When, Matt said something interesting yesterday. 
He said, our guys came out to practice yesterday like we won 66 to nothing. I mean, I think that's in a, in a good way, meaning this team isn't down. It's not dejected because it lost a game. I thought actually second half, Iowa State played really good football uh, team-wide, scored on his final four possessions. Defense was pretty good outside of that really long play. Yeah. And you're getting, you're still, you're getting better. I mean, I think that's the great thing is Iowa State hasn't hit, hasn't played its perfect game either yet. And Cincinnati was was close, but you, there's room for this team to grow. And you, you had some injuries. You hopefully get some of those guys back. And this is a game. If Iowa State plays a clean game, doesn't turn the ball over, you, I think talent wise, you're better than BYU. But oh, I, it's I, just there's just no guarantee. The, you know, the one thing too that I when I watch them, and this is a little bit surprising. Up front on both sides, they just don't look ready for the Big Twelve. BYU, yeah. Yes, which, but, but what's weird though, the scout on BYU coming into the league is that was the one spot where they would be they were ready, be big, because they have old. so many older guys. Yeah, yeah. But it certainly hasn't appeared that way. In fact, I was listening to some BYU podcast today, and which I I wouldn't recommend, honestly. They're like, probably saying the same about, about they're, this. They're probably. But it, These losers. they were the question. They posed the question. They had like a round table. It's are, is BYU soft? <laughs> and they were all going around and, and giving their analysis on it. But it, but I like to do it because yeah, you, you get, get way ready. more insight on these teams by hearing what their homers think. And that's what they're tossing around. Yep. I would actually, in a weird way, see what you think. I'd rather see Slovis, I think. Oh, absolutely. Because this new guy is like a gunslinger. We have no idea. And if he get, then the if he gets hot, the team are like, oh yeah, this guy's great. Yeah. We've seen it before. Oh yeah, this is Chase Daniel. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to see a backup. No, I'd rather see Slovis. He doesn't run very well. This other guy can use use his legs. Yeah, I'd rather see Slovis. We don't want this to become the Jake Retzloff game in in lore. God. Last time Iowa State played a game at BYU was the Melvin Edgem flipped everybody off game, right? Yeah, and, and DeAndre uh, King what, gouged that guy's eyes out. Yeah, did volleyball go anyway? Volleyball or soccer probably went over there. I don't know. Yeah, I think they've already played. But no, yes, that you're, they're like you're a right. national power in volleyball. Iowa State has Iowa State ever played BYU in football? I don't think they had. But it's uh, what well, last time Iowa State went west was uh, UNLV. UNLV, and that went great swimmingly. Do you remember the just real quick on that UNLV the zombie walk of yes. all those? Incredible. Inebriated Iowa State fans. Incredible. Across that bridge. It was wild. It's amazing. Chris like, Chris like, points out on on Facebook, he's watching whatever the travel itinerary was for Cincinnati and Baylor, don't change it for Saturday. That's the problem, though, Chris, with this game. And, and, I, and it does concern me clockwise, body yeah. clockwise. These guys are going to be kicking off at 9.15 at night. Now, I'm sure... I, I don't have any insight. I actually asked for information on how they would prep for this, and nobody's given me anything. So if you're listening, Matt, your guys are doing a good job of keeping it under wraps. But, like, body clockwise, kicking off at 9.15 is, like, really late. It's really late. And you've done this where you're on these trips, and you just have to sit in your hotel room, and maybe you take too long of a nap or you eat at a different too, time. Too early. You yeah. know, and it... It's really, really tricky to handle this. It is. And they've never done it before. And I'm sure, I'm guessing one of Campbell's teams went west and, you know, I guess they did UNLV. UNLV. 
And, that, and, and I'm sure Toledo did at some point, maybe at a Mountain West game, or so they're, they're not idiots. They're not not thinking about this, but it, it is it's really tricky, and it's why you see so many upsets when teams have to go west. Yes, it's a it's legit, and then you throw in altitude and and everything else. I'm actually on this standpoint. Iowa State still fighting for bowl eligibility, trying to get that sixth win. Makes me feel a lot better about this game than if it were to have defeated Kansas. Yeah. last week not that i i just think i was this is still a young hungry team that is ready to go they're gonna be ready to go now yeah the body clock is an adjustment um hopefully walters and heft get a nap in if they're listening more worried about those guys yeah can but walters yeah. i know heft can make it okay yeah heft's an all-nighter type Wal- of guy. walters used to be able to but i'm not concerned kind of, about him now speaking of you know byu concerned about getting soft I think Walters. <laughs> I, I guess uh, Walters. I'm throwing you under the bus here, buddy boy. You just said your birthday. I think was it last week. Anyway, uh, get to Cincinnati. This is the trip we were going to go on, and I, I took my wife instead. Yeah, you totally just stood me up on yep. that. Uh, so we get in around eight thirty into Cincinnati, and they said Walters attacks, and he's like, oh, "I'm already, I'm already cashed out for the night." I was like, "What, John? What do you? What's going on? This is a guy that used to be able to hang till." You know, in deep into the night. I don't know. I don't know anymore, John. Nick pulling out the old stat book. Iowa State's four and zero all time oh, against they BYU. Have played BYU four times. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate all came in the sixties and seventies. Sixties and seventies. Good 70s. pull. 68, Aiden. 69, 73, 74. Nice. Is that Johnny Majors? Uh, he would have been part yeah. of the 73, 74. 69 would have been somebody else. Nice. Wiffles Hybrids presents our Big Twelve segment we will get into some basketball here as the lindenwood lions are from saint charles no johnny i take that back i take that back it was johnny majors in 69 to 72 and then earl bruce was 73 to 78 yeah we need like real there's just no good way to learn about that era well, yeah, we did. other than just reading media guides and stuff like that. I wish there was like a documentary of that. Well, there's some stuff. Cyclones TV's done, done some, some stuff. stuff. They did yeah. some stuff on the Dirty 30, which the Dirty 30, I think, was 59. Yeah, it's just hard where younger guys, like you We're just, we just, we don't have that yep. background. Wiffles Hybrids presents our Big 12 segment here. Plant your independence, plant Wiffles. Texas Tech is at Kansas to open the day, 11 o'clock. We both are sneaky Texas Tech guys this week. I'm with you. Yep. Texas. Everybody's telling Kansas how good they are. Yep. Still fighting for. Tech is, you know, kind of been beaten down. And they're they're still talented. Their young quarterback is the real deal. He he, he took his lumps early, but he played great last week. Uh, I think I think that guy's he's the future for them. If Kansas State beats Baylor by 20 or more. Which I guess that they will. I don't know. They don't fire Aranda, do they? But in your world, it starts to get weird because once you lose momentum, that's why we talked about beginning of this year. It was so important for Campbell to bounce back because you don't want two bad years in a row. Correct. I think they have to think about it. And I I don't know what his contract situation is because Baylor's very private and they can be. Yeah. But that's that. This is not. This is not good for them, what, what's happening. Because it just seems like they've lost all mojo. Joey McGuire wouldn't go back there, would he? I don't think so. That's an interesting question. Yeah. 
The only reason I asked is because the private stuff and they have more money at Baylor, but tech does pretty good. Tech, tech's got a lot of money. Got all that oil money, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, this is our upset watch of the weekend. Oklahoma State at Central Florida. Yep. I'm going to pull up the most recent data on this, but this just screams watch out if you're Oklahoma State. I would be terrified. Just terrified if I were them this week. Coming off a huge win, going to an unfamiliar place for now in, in Orlando against the UCF team that has quietly put together a couple good weeks. Yeah, and they got their quarterback yeah, and back. Maurice Plumlee's and, back, right. I mean, how differently do you think about UCF if that two-point conversion in Norman is good? Absolutely. Right? Like, it's a totally different conversation. Yeah, and they would be right there. This, ah, oof. I'll tell you this. Uh, the What's that line is at two and a half, and the money is pretty heavily skewed towards Central Florida with more tickets coming in on Oklahoma State. You know what that means. That means the smart people. That means the smart money, the, the sharps, the people betting more money are on the Knights. I think the one. question with that one is, you know, I just have to look real quick. What's UCF's run defensive situation? Because Ollie Gordon has been a Heisman-level player. I mean, he... At this point, he probably gets invited to New York. He's been that good. So they then they're lying. Give credit to to Gundy, and they have been able to run the ball. You know, even even in Ames, they ran it okay. That what a what a what a growth for them from Ames six weeks ago to to now. Speaking of growth, uh, it's the opposite of Oklahoma. Yeah. So they almost lost to Central Florida on the twenty first. Got beat by Kansas. Last week, they get beat by Oklahoma State. West Virginia comes to town. A scrappy enough West Virginia team. Yeah, who just destroyed BYU last week. And to their credit, they've really played hard for their coach. Yes. The the line here is 13 and a half. Mm. I would probably take the points. I think so. I think so. And you look at West Virginia, that's two weeks in a row. I mean, they went to UCF and they pummeled them too. You, West Virginia is playing really good football. I I think that's interesting. Let's see where Omaha's Omaha o- Oklahoma's mentality is going into this one. Cincinnati at Houston, no need to nope. analyze that. Texas is at TCU. Doesn't feel like an upset. I don't think so. Really could happen there. And then of course you have the nightcap with Iowa State at BYU. Other football note is that Jamie Pollard tweeted out today. Apparently Fox was in town yeah. scoping out Iowa State for its noon kickoff show. Now that game is a seven o'clock kick. And Aiden asked me earlier, it was a good question. No, they would not move the game. No. They would just do what their big noon kickoff show is and then keep that game at seven o'clock. But we kind of thought that that would be attractive. Well, you want Texas. You know, yeah. these these networks want Texas. They are there's like three, four schools that they all fight over. Texas, Ohio State, Michigan. Yep, was and Colorado there until they... Florida State yeah. does really good numbers. It's not they, up in that But they don't row. get the ACC, though. No. So like, but my, my, my yeah. point is, anytime they can get Texas, yep. especially on the road, yep. where these people aren't in the stadium, they want them, so they, they put it at seven. And I... Pollard tweeting all this stuff out today, it's like he's... 
I, I would guess they're going to get it. I, w- I, I thought the same thing. It seems odd that Fox would be doing these multiple site visits. It feels like they're going to get it. It feels like they're going to get it. It feels like they're this is Pollard. Prime the pump. Yeah. So that means uh, Urban Meyer is going to be in Ames. Great. Who else? Leinert. Leinert, Bush. Bush. And Mark Ingram. I don't really watch the pregame shows anymore. Do you? I, I, not. No, I don't. I don't have a problem with I them. Just I, just, I don't either. I, just, I do college football 365 days out of the year. The two hours before kick, I'm generally yeah. doing something else. Uh, hey, the bear could come, though. Oh. Oh, yeah. It's our guy, Felica. Felica. I forgot that he's over there now. So, yes, we want Felica. Can we get can we get Felica, get on, Felica the show? on the show? Let's get Felica on I the show. I bet Mike Palm could get me in touch with him. Let's get Felica on the show. I love the bear. He's the best. The Bear has been one of the best ambassadors for Iowa State. Yeah, he used to have that like helmet behind him all the time. Now, now I'm convinced that Big Noon's going to be there. Speaking of ambassadors for Iowa State, nobody better than our friends at the Iowa State University Foundation. That's right. Uh, every year I give to the marching band, I give to the veterinary medicine, I give to the Greenlee School of Journalism, and I give to the Ivy College of Business. You can do... Whatever you want. What made a great impact on you when you were at Iowa State? MoveWhatMatters.com. Be a more well-rounded cyclone. MoveWhatMatters.com. Especially with the holidays coming up, don't forget about our friends Absolutely. at the foundation. Absolutely. And what I would say, and I think you know, this sometimes gets lost because we're in the day-to-day, the, the nitty-gritty of depth charts and numbers and analytics. Having Big Noon in your college town on national TV for an hour is unbelievably great marketing unbelievably great marketing and i just think it we we're around it so we may not realize it chris when i was at the foundation the best times to fundraise are when you have a successful football and basketball program it elevates the entire university it elevates all of ames and everybody's just happy everybody's happy 100 percent. yeah it was so much easier for this is anecdotal but i think it's true it was so much easier when i would go to out of out of state which was a lot of my travel to get an appointment with the donor if Iowa State was doing well uh, in football just because people felt good about it and so they wanted to. Yeah. So point is, a vibrant athletics program is still critical for for all of Iowa State. No Sometimes we get lost in all the minutia and, and, oh my gosh, should beer be sold in the stadium and all these little things. Should Iowa State play K-State? Uh, in reality, like just look at the big picture. Iowa State athletics being healthy as it is right now, is so good for that university as a whole. And if you get Big Noon and you get a million people watching, whatever that is, a free commercial for Iowa State, absolutely, even if it causes some headaches. Speaking of um, good for Iowa State, that basketball game the other Holy night. Holy smokes. I don't want to spend too much time recapping it because it's so far after the fact, but again, many of you will probably listen to this on Thursday morning, so there's a game tonight, Lindenwood, the Lions getting a lot of pub here on this show. <laughs> Lindenwood is not. I would encourage you guys to go and listen to Let Them Cook. Let Him Cook. Let Him Cook. And also Stephanie and Elisa talk some basketball as well on their podcast if you want more of a recap of those games. Uh, the Momchilovich. We, we, Mom, we, we're, we're going with it. Momchilovich. Momchilovich. We, we, I think we set the table pretty good and he... He delivered. Yeah, he he delivered there. You know, you know what my biggest takeaway from the game, and he he was phenomenal. It was Gilbert. Yes, 
He, uh, that's that guy's different. There's a different level of backcourt. You, you kind of threw out the Isaiah Bronkington comp a little bit. Yeah, I, I could totally see that. I had a lot of different, but with better, better ball handling skills. He's a really good ball handler. Yeah. He made one move to the basket where he crossed up the guy, and it was funny. Uh, our buddy Brian Leisure, he was kind of, he was sitting courtside, and I was. And we just like looked at each other like, and made eye that, contact that at the same time. Yeah, like, oh, I've seen that a little bit. Holy shit. That yeah. was like Tinsley out yep. there. Uh, so he popped for me. The other thing, too, is these these three bigs in Trey King, Big Rob, and um, Hassan Ward. Th- this is what I like about it this year. And TJ said after the game he, he had challenged Trey to lead the conference in rebounding. What, what I like about that trio is like individually, they all have a lot of strengths, but they also have flaws. Mm-hmm. Individually, none of them are this can't miss all big 12 guy. Correct. But now you have, you have these three warm bodies who are all pretty good at what they do. Rob being the least skilled, but he he's big he's, and he can play defense and he can individual. rebound. Right. Right. And then you've got, Ward, who I think we're all going to see in the next couple of weeks, is a totally different dude. He didn't play great in well, they, the. They took away a lot of the yeah the lob stuff. And then Trey's probably going to score the most and put up the most stats. But it but again he's we we haven't really seen him at his at his peak yet, which is the thing. But I I I came away watching those three guys, and it's like, man, if well if, if Trey's not having a great game, man, you've got two other guys that can pick him yeah. up and just the, the depth. That. And yeah. then Pavletsky comes in at the end of the you, game. You haven't even mentioned Omaha yet. <laughs> I didn't even think about Omaha. He's basically of a, a, he can play the post. A McDonald's All-American. Yeah. But then like Pavletsky comes in with like eight minutes to yeah. play. And I was thinking to myself, like, he may have started last year. Uh, he, he, may, he may have. Right. He would have been the sixth man. Yeah. And he's all the way that deep down in the rotation, at yep. least off of one game. One so. Game. Just Gilbert popped for me, and then the depth, the no overall question. depth of the roster. Because even uh, Watson comes in and impacted the game tremendously with his length. You know, what I'll say about the bigs, and I thank you for bringing them up, because Ward, you look at his box, and you go, what, what, what are we doing here? You know, no points, one shot, two rebounds. But you look a little deeper, and Green Bay had six points in the paint. Six. Yeah, they took like four shots total in the paint. Hassan Ward completely changes the way you attack. I he is so long, like he his length is unbelievable. He's added twenty five pounds of muscle. It is not fun to play Iowa State on that end. No, like you could see the Green Bay guys look like, oh my god, you know, here here comes just another guy. And like it's just like, what do we do? How can we compete like, with this? Uh, to that note, Omaha's pretty well put together young Absolutely. man, too. Absolutely. Yeah, and then you bring yeah. him. It's like you could tell the Green Bay's like, oh, I had to keep going against these guys, and they just didn't want a part of it. They just started launching threes at that point, and that's exactly what Iowa State wants teams to do. Uh, I think Trey's added a bunch of muscle. Rob's physically super imposing, and then Hassan is legit. Th- these guys defensively are, I think, a, a really good trio. And I know they may not put up a bunch of offensive numbers. Trey has the best chance at the three. But defensively, they're so good. And it lets your guards then go to work on the other end. And you can then play Momchilovich a bunch because you got help defensively. That's going to be his limitation. But if you have that back end with Ward and and, and Jones and, and King, you're not as worried about Momchilovich not being as skilled he's, defensively. Well, 
him popping up and hitting that three to start the season was pretty poetic. And then the one he hit, he was fading left, like back, like it was unguard. It was an unguardable shot. He even did the one leg Nowitzki. It looked like Dirk Nowitzki. He, he and I go, we were high on him on Sunday, and we made us look a lot smarter than we are. But that guy, he's going to start getting national attention. He is. He is further. He is just a guy that obviously it hasn't had in a while. And the great thing is, you saw the three-point shot. Once they start trying to take that away, he can put it on the floor, too. Yeah. And he can operate in the mid-post. And he can he can even post up some. So you haven't seen the, the entire, as, as, the, as the young folks say, his entire bag yet. I mean, the guy can score everywhere. And I, I think the sky's the limit. Treating these games, you know, tell the audience, kind of like you're getting to watch scrimmages, you're getting to watch practices. Lyndon Wood was blown out by Fred Hoiberg's Nebraska yeah. team on Monday. 300 and some. And yeah, they're not going to put up any sort of a fight. Neither will, what is it, Grambling uh, on Sunday? Idaho State. Idaho State, whoever. Why did I think Grambling? I don't because know. Because you're probably playing them later. Um, but um. These are fun, though, because you can yeah. watch the rotation develop. You can watch these young guys get more reps. I want to watch. I, I'm going to be watching Ward a lot because yes. I've heard all offseason about how much better he is. I want to see those moves. And then don't don't sell on uh, Curtis Jones yet. I mean, didn't get, yeah, it's he's, one game. He, he he's going to he went over five, but he could go five for five. hundred percent tomorrow. Yep. You might. In fact, I would I would bet on it. He's well, really I mean, if, if if we were to put odds on who would lead the team in scoring going into the year, he would have been one of the top three. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, I don't necessarily think he is. I, I'm probably with you that Momchilovich or Gilbert. Gilbert will. But Jones is going to have big games. Oh, he will. He, he will run into a 20, 25-point game here in the non-conference. You, ju- you just wait. Totally agree. Women, I thought, were really impressive super, in their opener. Super encouraging. Against Butler. Yeah. Uh, staff was... Very, very I, honestly, I that would have been like least case scenario. I thought that they would have just blown that team out. I don't, I don't necessarily think Butler's great, but I, I, they're not poor. Point being, they're just, I would say it's so young, you just feel like it's going to take them a little bit to hit some stride here. But they look really, really good, really complete. And they had those five freshmen played a bunch. And then, you know, you kind of knew Addie Brown's a McDonald's All American. Yeah, she you know. was going to be, but she was, she, I was telling, uh, I was courtside, not not to brag, but uh, you just did. I did. Um, I, was like, I saw you were drinking a beer at like eleven o'clock. I on opened Monday. a beer. I didn't have it all. Well, you can. I, I'm not judging you. I mean, it's technically supporting the, the you're, cause. You're supporting a charity. Yeah, which is the We Will Collective. By the way, could everyone buy more Ames Lager? Can you do that for me? We need a little push, do we? Yeah, we need a little push. We uh, just can, can I be, I'll just be honest. Uh, sales were down noticeably the last couple of weeks. So is it because it's getting colder? I don't know. I think maybe maybe the uh, the novelty has worn off a little bit. Yeah, which is part of it. It's I starting to become you. more widely available. Just FYI, I'm just it's not not like it's panic time. It does help though. I told you guys that one of the best things for you early on was that it was so hard to find. Yeah, but I think that frustrated some people. Now they just stopped looking. Well, yeah. the point is, keep looking. Do you remember, though, like when we were in college? And if you found a bottle of Templeton Rye. Or what was the, what was uh, Mick Golden? Michelob Golden. That was when it first came to Iowa. Yeah. Like we thought it was the best. We all just went crazy we just, for it. Because people were, well, then they, because like your buddy Scott Stevens who would drive it down from yes, Minnesota. Yes, Scott's parents would bring us like yeah. five cases down from Minnesota. The best. I wonder, though, with this Ames Lager deal. Yeah. Because I did this. 
Whenever I found it, I buy like five. Yep. So people are still stocked. So like up. right now, I still have like twelve left, probably. So I just, wonder if there's part of that going. Oh, on. I'm sure. I'm sure that's part of it too. So it's gonna be. So just FYI, it's gonna start being on taps around Central Iowa. Um, so now it's now it's not the time to quit drinking. Uh, where was I going? How anyway. many Mick? How, not Mick Goldens. How many Ames loggers deep will some of our listeners be before nine fifteen on Saturday? Oh, I think you can get a 12-er in pretty easily. Jack Whitford and I are going to be on postgame at like 2.30 in the morning. It's a crushable beer. These people are just going to be hammered calling us. I think you should, yeah, I mean, in honor of BYU, well, no, not in honor of BYU, but in in honor of Iowa State playing a night game. So really quick on the women. They have Drake on Sunday, and that's a terrifying, anytime you go down there, it's terrifying. I thought Addie Brown was this really cool, like, mix of Hallie Christofferson, Chelsea Poppins and Bridget Carlton. Like, she's got all the qualities to be an all-timer. Super fun. Uh, Audie Crooks is going to be a superstar. She, she kind of looks like Chelsea Yeah, Poppins. she does. She's got yeah. the same, like, yeah. tenacity. And then the person I was most impressed with, and I, we got to – she's going to develop her own reputation, Kelsey Jones. I didn't expect that from is her. Is unbelievably f- good right now. And yeah. so, mu- so much, so much potential. And she'll always be Ashley's sister. I understand that. But she is playing already at a super high level, and I can't wait for her to kind of create her own name because, gosh, those five freshmen all have the chance to develop something pretty special here. Well, it's good to get that first because you look at their schedule and it's brutal. It's hard. Yeah, it is. What is Drake like this year in the women? Similar. I mean, they're not as they're they're not where they were three years ago, four years ago under Jenny. Yeah. But still, they put up points. They they scored a bunch. And I would say going into there, I would say it's probably, it would be an, a slight underdog. It'll be Florida before we really learn anything about the men. Yeah, you're not learning anything until... And VCU, VCU lost its opener. Did, did, yeah. So, I don't know what that yeah, necessarily Florida Atlantic's down them. there, right? Florida Atlantic. To be honest, I, I I I'm calling that tournament. I haven't really looked ahead to it yet. Yeah. Kind of a kind of a busy time of year. If you didn't notice, all right. Um, enjoy your weekend. You're doing a game watch. Yeah, Torrent Brewing. Torrent Brewing up in Ames, and you'll be there until the end of the game. Yep. Okay. Or until I fall asleep. Do you have a hotel? Or are you driving back that night? Uh, efforting. Jeez, I've got some Marriott points I need to burn. Yeah, well, look at me. You better because it's gonna be it's gonna be a late one. Yeah. We'll have pregame, we'll have halftime, we will have postgame, all the stuff that we normally do for you here at Cyclone Fanatic. Enjoy it. Uh, this is the fun time of year. It is. We've got wrestling, and uh, Jack will be covering all that for us. Rob Gray will be at a lot of the wrestling stuff as well this year for us, as he's a big wrestling guy. Thursday night men's basketball. Sunday. Men's, women, doubleheader, although they're not in the same building. Men play at 12. Women are at 2. So you got four hours straight of Cyclone basketball there. And hopefully you can wake up. Hopefully you're not too hungover from the 9-15 kick against BYU. We are presented, as always, by our friends at Mechdyne, enabling Discovery, Williams and Bloom, here on your Wednesday, signing off from the Wild Rose Casino Studios.